In this episode, we're looking at infusions and all the range of options that you have. There's more than you think. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, and thank you for being here. I really appreciate you listening and spending some time with me today. So we're going to get into it. Infusions. Someone did ask when I did the community poll recently, somebody mentioned, why not do an infusion roundup? And it has been a while since I've sort of gone back to the basics. I know there's lots of new listeners since I first started the show a couple of years ago. And I have covered a lot of infusions on this show over those last couple of years, but this episode is going to have them all in one place where I'm going to talk about the different options for infusions and what makes them good or great or perfect for what you're needing them for. But before I get into all of that, I have a segment that I'm going to start with today, listener tips and tricks. And I was sent this little trick from a listener, Wayne in New York. Shout out to Wayne for sending this to me. I really appreciate it. And I think a lot of you will be pretty interested in what he has to say. Hello, here's a real handy tip to decarb your marijuana. If you'd like, Take and place it into a mason jar. Now I will grind mine up a bit, put it in the mason jar, seal the end with aluminum foil, and then I'll screw the cap on. Then I'll go through the regular decarb process in the oven, and this keeps all the smell inside the jar. Just thought you'd like to know. So there you have it. Isn't that a great idea? I've never thought about doing that. I haven't actually tested it out myself yet, but I can only imagine that if somebody's trying it out in their own kitchen, aka Wayne, that it must be pretty effective because I do know that when you decarb your weed, it stinks. It really does. It smells up your whole house. And not everybody has the budget for buying an ardent as wonderful as they are. That piece of equipment really does reduce the smell a significant amount but it has a pretty hefty price tag with it. So if you're really getting into, you know, making edibles, decarbing and infusing, sure, it's a great little investment piece, but not everybody wants to do that or go there or start there. Of course, sous vide is another way to do that as well. And those are less expensive. You can get one for around $100. And of course, a sous vide immersion circulator, which is um, doing things in a water bath at a precise temperature for a period of time, you can decarb that way as well. Those devices, like I said, they start around 100 bucks. They can go up from there. You can use them for a lot of things. I've used my sous vide immersion circulator for all kinds of stuff. And it's a hand little kitchen appliance. But you know what? Everybody can find a glass jar and most people have tin foil in their drawer. So this seems like a wonderful little hack to get you started on the decarbing path without stenching up your entire house and having your, your roommates, spouses and pets and everybody else complaining. So I really appreciate that tip. If you have any other tips or tricks like that, that you think that others might really benefit from, please send them along. I'd be happy to feature them on the show because we are all learning and growing together in the wide world of making edibles. So I thought that was pretty appropriate, actually, that that little trick was sent to me because I had been thinking about doing this infusion roundup episode for a little bit. And of course, whenever you're doing an infusion, you're going to start it with the decarb process. So why not find a little way to do it that's not going to be quite so smelly? If you do give it a shot and you find that it's effective, let me know. Hit me up, bite me podcast at fastmail.com or send me a voice message as well on SpeakPipe. I always love to hear from you. Now, the infusion roundup. 
I have, when I, when I was looking at my website, because on my website, bitemepodcast.com, I have a section called resources. There's a whole bunch of stuff there that you are free to access. Um, it's always a work in progress. So if there's any glitches or anything like that, bear with me. I am working on it, but I have a recipe section. And the first part of that section, there are a few different ways to decarb your weed. And then, of course, the infusions. And when I looked at it recently, I was like, wow, I've really done a lot of different infusions for this show and for the purposes of making fantastic, tasty edibles at home. And I'm just going to cover most of those here today. And let me see, how many do I have? Categories, one, two, three, four. There's about four or five categories, actually, of different types of infusion that you can make use of. And that first category which is the one that most people will be familiar with, of course, is your fats and oils. And of course, the reason why these types of infusions are so wonderful is because THC loves fat. It is fat soluble. And it's so easy to include this in a gigantic array of recipes. If there's anything that calls for a fat or an oil, you can often swap it out for your infused infused version of that particular fat and it can easily get let your food get you high. So that's one reason why they're so versatile. Most people think of butter when they think of an infused fat and of course that's a wonderful way to go. I do like making butter and there are sometimes there are sometimes when butter is there is no substitute for butter and it's a pretty simple infusion to make. I would say butter has a shorter shelf life than some of the other ones. You want to make sure after you infuse it, you keep that one refrigerated because it can go bad on you. If you're not careful and you leave it too long at room temperature, butter does have sort of a high moisture content. So yeah, if you're going to make that one, plan to use it up relatively quickly, keep it in your refrigerator. There's nothing worse than going to your fridge or to your pantry and opening the cupboard or opening the lid on that container that holds your precious infusion and finding that it is no good. I mean, that's enough to make anybody cry. You went to all that effort to make it only to find that it's unusable when you need it. Ugh, nobody wants that. So just be mindful of butter. Of course, you can always try coconut oil. And that is one of my favorite infusions to make because coconut oil is so versatile, even more versatile than butter. And there are lots of recipes where if it calls for butter, you can easily use coconut oil instead. I do that all the time. I have read that it is allows the THC to be more bioavailable. I haven't really dug down to see if there's any truth to that, but it sounds good to me. And I just happen to like coconut oil and it has a great shelf life as well. So it's not going to necessarily go bad on you as quickly as butter might. So that's an excellent one as well. And another reason that I like butter is because, or sorry, coconut oil is because you can easily use coconut oil in things beyond food products. So think body care products. Coconut oil works very well in body care products as well. So if you're wanting to get into that kind of thing, I mean, it's still pretty far away, but Christmas is looming and people like to make gifts and something with a personal touch. And so coconut oil can be your best friend. Of course, this category would not be rounded out without your olive oil and your avocado oil. Those are two other oils I do like to infuse and have on hand. Uh, you know, when possible, also a pretty good shelf life. I don't find you need to keep those refrigerated. Although of course you need to use those up within a certain amount of time, but I've had some in my cupboard for like quite a while, like months and it seems fine. So those are two other ones. The olive oil, the avocado oil in particular is nice because it's a pretty, 
I don't find it has a strong flavor. So that's also a very flavorless oil. Sometimes some people don't like the flavor of coconut and are pretty sensitive to it. So that's something to bear in mind. But avocado oil is a very versatile oil as well, as is olive oil. And of course, we covered ghee not too long ago. And that's another one that's also particularly nice for people who might be lactose sensitive or avoiding butter, which again, coconut oil is great because it's also wonderful for people who are more following a more plant-based or vegan diet. But ghee is another fantastic one that has that sort of rich, nutty flavor, easily infused, and it can be quite potent. And so that's a wonderful one as well. And the last one in this category is MCT oil. MCT oil is just a medium chain triglyceride, if you've ever wondered what that stands for. And it's coconut oil that has been refined so that it remains liquid regardless of the temperature. So those always come in a bottle. It's a liquid oil. And those are nice as well. Again, for a lot of body care products, I've used those to make massage oils and lubes and that kind of thing. You can use them in cooking as well because any MCT oil you're, you're buying at the grocery store is going to be food grade. So that's something maybe if you're making like bulletproof coffee in the morning or something like that, you could add a little little infused stuff just to give you an extra boost, whether it's with CBD or a little you know, little pinch of THC. It's another great one to have and also shelf stable, it will last for quite a while once you make it, make it. So these are ones that are all great to have in your infusion pantry. Do you have an infusion pantry, a special place where you keep all your stuff? I do. It tends to live above the refrigerator, which seems to work pretty well for me because that's a cupboard that's out of reach of prying eyes and little hands. And people tend to just put junk in there otherwise. I mean, mine was probably full of junk before I decided to use it for that particular purpose. So it's a good place to keep things. I don't think it gets too warm either, but and you can close the cupboard and keep it out of the light so it protects some of your infusions. And the nice thing about this is all of these fats and oils can be made in, you know, an, inf an ardent um, immersion circulators, you can do it in those water baths. You can do it in a magical butter machine. I have all those things. They're great. They all have pros and cons. But the beautiful thing is you can make this on your stovetop very easily. I like just making it on the stovetop in some water and you put the decarbed cannabis and your fat of choice in a jar and you fill that, you put it in a pot, fill the pot with water, make sure the, you know, the lid's closed so no water gets in it and, you know, put the water level up to where your fat or whatever ends and let it uh, bubble away for a couple hours. And that's pretty simple. I've, I like doing that method. It's gentler than putting it right in a pot and having to stand over the stove and stir it because, you know, butter can burn and different things like that. So this is a little more of a hands-off approach. Of course, with this method, you can't really leave the house or anything. You need to be sort of puttering around and keeping an eye on it so that the water level doesn't get too low as it simmers away. But a very simple method because most people own a pot and have access to fresh water. So and a, and a clean glass jar. And then of course, you just have to strain it afterwards, which you have to do when you're using any of these, you know, magical butters and ardents and stuff like that. So that's certainly a step of the process that you can't really skip. So that is the first category. The second category are your sweets. And this is where you can infuse honey and syrups. I like maple syrup. Um, that's pretty much, as a Canadian, of course, I like maple syrup. And I've often thought the maple syrup probably flows through my veins because I happen to have quite the sweet tooth. 
and I love maple syrup. There's something about the flavor of it that is just so wonderful. Uh, in a lot of vegan cooking, maple syrup is used in place of a lot of sugar as well, especially in sweets. And it can be a really nice alternative for people who are trying to avoid, you know, processed sugars and the like. Maple syrup, of course, has a lot of additional things. It is a sugar, of course, in the end, your body recognizes it as, as such, but because it's a natural product from the trees, it has other things in it, some minerals and I don't know, probably vitamins and stuff like that. But it's definitely going to be a nicer, healthier version than your regular old table sugar. And honey, of course, is another fantastic infusion to have. These ones can both be made the same way that you're doing your... Um, that you're doing your uh, fats. And it's a very simple process. So that's another one that's really nice to have. And of course, everybody knows the wonderful thing about honey is it doesn't go bad. It keeps forever. So the shelf life on that is, well, your lifetime possibly, but of course, we all know it's not going to last that long. And maple syrup has a really long shelf life as well. Maple syrup does get pretty expensive. It can. Yes, it's uh, per gallon. It's way more expensive than the gas that you're putting in your car, but so worth it. And there's different grades. You just pick the grade with the flavor that you like the best. And this is one instance. I think that a few times I've made honey, I have used things like keef in it as well. So if you are smoking and you're collecting keef, then this is one way to use it. And if I recall, you didn't, I think in the end, I was able to blend it. You didn't have to strain it out necessarily. If you're using flour, of course, it's going to be a bit of a sticky mess and you're going to have to strain it. But when it's warm, honey is going to be a lot less thick. It's going to be a little runnier. So you will be able to strain it out as sticky as it is. So those are two other ones that are really nice to have. And of course, how are you going to use those? In a lot of um, recipes, you could, I mean, easily find lots of recipes online that are calling for a honey or syrup instead of traditional sugar. And so they're really nice and a lot of baked goods. And that's one way. Or, you know, have you ever tried maple syrup in your coffee or tea instead of sugar? It is delightful and adds a really rich sweetness to it that's not too sweet in that sort of artificial sweet way. You don't really need a whole lot. And of course, if you infuse it to the right amount, you can just add a swirl of that to your coffee or tea in the evening. What a delightful way to unwind. You're welcome. Your next category, of course, are your creams and milks. Now, I have to say, I've really only done mostly heavy cream for this kind of thing. Um, I'm assuming you could do plant-based milks as well. And, you know, less heavier creams, like not heavy cream, but, you know, half and half and regular milk as well. But when I'm using these types of things, it tends to call for a heavier cream. And I love the richness of a heavy cream. The You can make these again the same way on the stovetop, putting it in the jar with your, your um, decarb cannabis in a pot of water so that's nice and gentle and you can simmer it for that couple of hours and it's not going to scald the milk or anything like that. I think you can also do that in a double broiler as well. I'd have to check my infusion section to see how I did it. But the double broiler would also work very well because you want to be gentle with a lot of the milks. The only thing to keep in mind is know what you want to use it for because they are definitely perishable. This is the kind of thing that if you're going to make it, you're going to want to use it within the week because otherwise it's probably going to go bad on you. So have something in mind. If you're at a loss for what to use it for, I believe there's there's probably lots of recipes on my website and you can just, there is a search function. So you can just go in and type cream and see what comes up. I'm sure there'll be lots of things that come up. And those that can be really nice, nice 
infusion to have in your repertoire, depending on what you're trying to experiment with. And that's the one thing I love about edibles. Is there's so many different ways to infuse things. So some of those more delicate recipes. Now you may have to be a little more concerned about the weed taste. It may shine through a little bit more. Of course, there are ways. This might be an instance where you're decarving your weed using, say, that weed washing technique that I did an episode on a little while ago. Uh, that technique that I learned from the Nomad Cook. And that's basically a great way to use up low quality flour or shake or trim, but you really want to remove the taste, the chlorophyll from it. And so it's sort of a, a way to decarb. It does take a bit of time, a couple of days, if I recall, you're sort of washing in a bath, like a wa ice water bath and that kind of thing, but it does strip all of that taste out of it. And then you, you know, using it in something like a cream would help because it's just, you're just not going to get that same weed taste. I mean, I've made them before without doing the weed washing before I even knew about that technique. So you can certainly do that. And this might be an instance where you're going to use a little less weed um, just because you don't want to pack in tons of weed into a delicate cream-based infusion because of the taste. But again, think about that weed washing technique. And that might be something you could do prior to this if you're trying to make something fancy. I mean, this isn't something you're going to do on a regular Tuesday night or what have you. But if you're doing a larger project or something special, this can be a really nice little tool to have in your arsenal, the weed washing and infused cream. So another one to keep in mind. The next category is alcohol. And there's a lot of things you can do once you've infused alcohol. There's a few different ways to do it. There's the green dragon technique, which I will link to a lot of the different episodes uh, specific to this. Um, the green dragon is one where you're using, it's a sort of a quick way to infuse alcohol because there are traditional ways where you you can put your decarb shaker trim in a glass jar, put your alcohol in it, and then let it sit for a couple of weeks, giving it a nice little shake every day in the jar. And then it's going to infuse that way. You can let it how many weeks did I say? You could let it like sit for up to a month, six weeks, what have you. And that's certainly one way to do it. And then there's the green dragon method. And that's when you're going to be using something like, um, you're going to be using something like a whipped cream dispenser to sort of speed up the process. And I'll link to that in the show notes because I can't remember all the steps offhand because I haven't made that one in a while. So you do have a couple options as far as that goes. Some people really do like to infuse things like uh, the Everclear, which if you're in Canada, can be a lot harder to get your hands on because it's just not available. Um, but you can always infuse also your regular alcohol that you would get at the liquor store, like your vodka is a great choice always, or any alcohol that you really want. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I've never tried infusing anything like wine or what have you, but you could probably infuse whiskey or, or whatever you want. And again, there's the quick method or there's the longer method, which I'm looking at my notes right now from my website. And you can give that jar a shake and leave it up for upwards of three months if you want, depending on how strong you want it to get. So it's not really any different than right now I have herbs um, infusing in olive oil right now. I got fresh herbs from the farmer's market and I put some 
beautiful specimens of them in a glass jar with some olive oil. And they're going to sit in the windowsill for about six weeks. I'm going to give them a nice little stir. You, you can do the exact same thing with alcohol and your weed. So that's just a nice little tip or trick. And then you, the world of cocktails. Holy shit. There's so many things you can do. I mean, I have a book, a couple of great books on cannabis drinks. The one that comes to mind first and foremost is Warren Bobro's book on cannabis cocktails, mocktails, and more. And all those drinks don't necessarily, I mean, obviously in this case, they're going to be alcoholic, but um, there's so many things you can do with infused alcohol and it can be a really nice addition to your pantry as well. And what's the last category? Let's see. I know I'm, oh yes. Oh, actually there's two, two. There's your infused salt and sugar. I haven't really played around with these types of infusions quite as much. I have definitely made them and I have some in my cupboard. I do find they're probably some of the less, um, some of the less versatile ones. And maybe I'm just saying that because I haven't used them as much. And, but maybe in comparison to your first category of fats and oils, a salt or a sugar is kind of a fun project and you can certainly use it in recipes, but I tend to just go for the, like the coconut oil or the ghee or, or what have you versus using infused salt or sugar, but I should probably play around with that more. And what you need for that is you do need your infused alcohol tincture, green dragon, um, or your infused spirits, whatever it is that you're using. And you're gonna, they were both made the same way, your salt, your sugar, your bowl and your spoon. Um, and basically I de- I did mine in the, in a dehydrator tray. Like you're going to be mixing your, your salt or sugar with the alcohol and then you spread it out on a dehydrator tray. Obviously with alcohol, you really don't want it around anything with a flame. And I happen to have a gas oven. So be very, very, very careful with this kind of thing. The last thing you want to do is blow up your house or whatever in the name of making edibles. Cause that's, uh, I would definitely put a black mark on the world of edibles. I don't want to know what those headlines would look like because they are always awful, but you do want to be careful with that. So I did mine in the dehydrator, but I also had, again, Nomad Cook who gave me this tip said he just put his in a tray, like a glass uh, glass um, oven pan or what have you and covered it and just sort of let it naturally evaporate. The, a lot of the alcohol would naturally evaporate. You give sort of give it a stir, make sure it's evenly mixed up and just let it evaporate over a few days. So that's another option. You do not have to go out and get a dehydrating machine if you don't already have one. Um, so that's certainly one way. And then you kind of mix it up and you put it into the blender afterwards if you can, because that's going to really bring it back to a very fine consistency because it can get pretty chunky. So that's another one. Again, I need to play around with that. If you have any uh, ways that you've used infused salt and sugar that you find are pretty fantastic, let me know. And I'll make use of the salt and sugar that I have myself. And maybe it's just a nice way to add a little something extra when you're making a cookie and you want a nice, you know, sprinkle salt on the top or, or what have you. But Although honestly, at the end of the day, how much of a, how much is that going to add to your infusion? That's the real question. So anyway, I digress, but that is another category of infusions that it's nice to have because again, those salts and sugars are going to keep for a while. That's not something you're going to open up and have it go bad on you. So, you know, if you make one and you try it out and you have it in your cupboard at the ready for whenever you want it, why not? Give it a shot, try it out, see how you like it, let me know how you use it. 
Finally, the last category, and how could I forget, is your infused flower. And I just did an episode on this also recently, tried it out, something I never really thought of. I've heard of people putting, you know, decarbed weed right in their cookie mix or what have you. And I always thought, oh, it's going to taste so much like weed. But when you do it right, it's actually not that bad. And I did make a batch of cookies recently with infused flour, and I didn't use infused um, coconut oil in that particular one just to see how it would turn out. There was a bit of a weed taste, but it was pretty mild and well masked by the taste of the chocolate chips and all the sugar and stuff like that. And the cookies, it was there a little bit, but of course, in this particular instance, the amount of cannabis you use is going to matter. So this is why this this particular infusion isn't as versatile, again, as your fats and your oils, which is category number one. And that's because if you're making an infused fat, you can put in quite a bit of weed, quite a bit of weed and it's not necessarily going to have a super strong taste of cannabis. And, you know, sometimes I make an infusion and it could be a cup or two and I can put upwards of an ounce or more into that batch. Whereas I would never dream of putting that, you know, an ounce of weed into a cup of flour because usually you're, you're putting it into a cup of flour and then you're replacing a cup in your bread recipe, for instance, with a cup of your quote unquote infused flour. You do need to make sure you decarb in this instance, of course, but it's super simple. And if you're short on time and you didn't have time to make an infusion, but you have decarbed wheat on hand, which I always recommend you have decarbed wheat on hand as well. If you can, if you're going to decarb weed, you might as well do more than what you need at a time. So it's ready for the next time. But this is a really great shortcut to have as part of your arsenal so that you can have it ready for when you need it. And it's really not that bad. I was pretty impressed at how uh, at the taste. Now, these might be more appropriate if you have a monster tolerance for something more CBD oriented or, uh, you know, THC CBD ratio. They may not be as strong. Maybe you're going to be gifting these to friends or family and you're unsure of their, their tolerances in this particular instance. So you don't want to make something that's going to knock somebody out. But because of the consideration of having the weed taste, you know, this is one that you're not going to want to add as much weed into just because otherwise it's going to taste like you're eating the plant. And part of the fun of having an edible is seeing how well you can mask that taste. So it is a nice one to have in your arsenal as well, though. So in your pantry, you're going to have your decarbed weed. And maybe you know some growing friends and you're able to keep some of that decarbed weed uh, put together by um, strain. I mean, that might sometimes people do that. I'm starting to get into that a little bit as I grow a little bit more, but um, it's obviously not necessary. And then you're also going to have your fats and oils, your sweets, your creams and milk, although that's not really a long-term pantry item. That's a perishable one. Your alcohol, your infused salt and sugar, and your cannabis flour, which is more one that you wouldn't necessarily keep in your pantry, but just use on the fly when you need it. So essentially, those are the main categories of infusions. And I don't think I'm missing anything. I have tried making all of these, and they're all pretty simple to make without any special equipment. If you're lucky enough to have a device to help you do it, it's just for convenience sake. I mean, it is nice to be able to put all your stuff in a magical butter machine. I do like it for the alcohol setting, but it is nice to put the stuff in the machine, walk away and not think about it. But... At the end of the day, we can all make these very easily without any special equipment. If you own a pot and a clean glass jar and some weed and whatever you're going to be infusing, then you can make these infusions very simply. So if I've missed anything, if you 
think that there's something special I should be talking about as far as this goes, or you have a tip or trick of your own that would make life easier for all of us edibles enthusiasts, by all means, please let me know. And I think that's it for this week, my friends. Yep. Until next week, stay high.